Do all women really want children? Horny Jews, buy today, gay tomorrow, the masculine toilet, genitalia. Well, it's myth-busting day on The Leftscape. I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hello, I am Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. Welcome. And we have to celebrate National French Toast Day. Uh, we, <laughs> awesome. Yes. This was also, we also had a, a month of these scholarships, PTA Healthy Lifestyles, Bereaved Siblings, uh, uh, Adoption, family caregivers, life writing. What is life writing? What do you think life writing is? One of the people, one of the writers I follow on Facebook has a course in life writing. I think of it as thick journaling, um, but it's like, it's like um, autobiography, autobiography. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, like memoirs? I think that's more like what it, yeah, yeah kind of oh, that. Okay. Long-term care awareness, home care and hospice. That's an important thing. That really is. Uh, my sister was a hospice nurse. Hmm. Movember? That's what it says here. What does Movember mean? That was um, maybe Michelle Obama started that. It's sort of to get people oh, to get Oh, Movember. Moving. Okay, Movember. As okay. opposed to as opposed to November, <laughs> not not shaving November. Right? Uh, <laughs> Movember. Okay, military family appreciation. Uh, historic bridge awareness. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be aware of more bridges. And let's see, family stories, aviation history. Okay, good. That was a mixed bag of yeah. Those were the remember. those were the leftover um, monthly things. Because <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> we'd be there for half an hour talking about them on the beginning of the month. So you still have a couple <laughs> of days left to appreciate those things. <laughs> and I'm going to try. All right. And in birthdays this uh, today, it is the birthday of William Blake and mm. Friedrich Engels and Hope Lang. Oh, and also Anna Nicole Smith of uh, people of various <laughs> occupations in that list. <laughs> oh, Anna, Anna Nicole Smith, I love her. I really do. Oh, wow. she oh, and she's. She's the one who, one of the women who first came out doing a one-woman show and playing all kinds of men's parts and things. That and it, she did. Uh, it was the riots in California, and she played all. The, and she also was on West Wing. Was she? So, I don't, I don't know, think so. Really? I don't think so. I think she's just a, she's kind of like a celebrity. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting her mixed up with Anna DeVere Smith. I think you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Anna Nicole Smith, Anna Nicole Smith died really young to... and left a bunch of kids uh, and had a lot of money. Yeah, well, she married a very, very old man. Yeah, that's the yeah. Anna Nicole I'm sorry. So when it comes to be Anna DeVere Smith's birthday um we're already set okay, do that again yes <laughs> and of the people who are living we want to wish happy birthday to randy newman who was an happy awesome birthday, uh, intense songwriter judd nelson ed harris who is has been in a ton of movies i don't know if you want to m- mention uh, a couple of them pollock what pollock i don't even know what that is it, it's an artist who who he, he did all the Jack, swirl. Oh, Jackson! Jackson he was in a Jackson, movie about Jackson Pollock. Okay. Yeah, he played Jackson Pollock. Okay. He was also in uh, the Truman Show. Yeah, he was also in the Right Stuff. He played he he played um he played John Glenn, and then in Apollo thirteen yeah. he played uh the head of of uh, Mission Control. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that's how I know him in space movies. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also he was also in 
this rather obscure film, and I kind of think it's a Romero film about um, these medievalists, and it was based on um, the crown tournament that kind of started medieval studies and restoration. It's this is a whole backstory for people in the SCA. Uh, <laughs> what was the movie called? I don't remember now. I want to say night. Ah, I want to say night. I want to say that. night riders, but I'm not completely sure. Um, but the the bad guy in there looks a lot like this person I know. <laughs> So, and it was based on stuff that happened during his crown tournament and it you know and then it kind of just kind of goes this sounds like a no, there's, story about an ex-husband no 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 it's not an ex-husband story <laughs> anyway we've got a yes, few more birthdays <laughs> we've got Karen Gillan of Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy fame and Paul Schaefer Sharon Needles, drag performer uh, John Stewart happy birthday to John Stewart absolutely and to Barry Gordy the founder of Motown. So cool. All right, that's birthdays for today. So on this day in 1964, NASA launches Mariner 4, and I kind of remember a couple of shows ago we talked about Mariner 4 reaching Mars. So on this day they launched it, like, and two years later it got to Mars. Um, and uh-huh. in 1967, the first pulsar was observed. Uh, graduate student Jocelyn Bell and her advisor Anthony Hewitt at Cambridge University were the first people to observe and discover pulsars, which are rapidly spinning neutron stars that emit radiation. And um, I'm very glad that she got credit. Well, she's getting credit now, <laughs> and I'm not convinced she got credit originally. Um, but this is one of these things that uh, that it's it's becoming my personal. Uh, one of my personal crusades to Mission. to get to get these women recognized. Um, I'm working on a science book for high school kids. Um, I'm doing um, like the the book layout, book design of it, and the format. Yeah, and but I also have to. I'm also now you know finding um, illustrations for the book so they so the high school kids when they open this book don't just see pages and pages of text with nothing else like a drawing or anything. So. Um, so I'm reading them, reading the chapters, and not just uh, writing, or not just laying the book out. So I'm reading this one chapter, and they're talking about um, the discovery of the shape of DNA, and the writer has not mentioned the woman who was overlooked <laughs> back in the 50s about this. And I said, you need to bring, <laughs> I said to the guy, my contact, I said, look, you need to, to add Rosalind Franklin into, you know, because her name needs to be there, too. Um, yeah. And, you know, especially... She si- gets credit. Yes, she needs to get credit. And and apparently, as I've been researching it, um, she died before Watson and Crick got their Nobel Prize for DNA. And... Um, mm, that's how they got away well, with it. Well, yes, because they, did, they didn't at the time award Nobel Prizes posthumously. But they're saying, had she lived that long, had she lived long enough, she very well might have gotten the Nobel Prize along with them. I, mm. I, I'm going to pretend that they meant they meant that, and she would have. But yeah. you know, well, it's good that her name is getting known now. Yes, soon. yes. Oh well, explain <laughs> what pulsars are. Um, well, I did. They're they're rapidly oh, spinning neutron stars, and actually, I think even on. Um, the Voyager plaque that uh, Carl Sagan helped design, uh, I think they gave the location of Earth in relation to several pulsars. Hmm. Because those are um, things that can be seen throughout the universe. Well, this isn't any sort of national or international news, but I did have an interesting interesting in quotes experience this weekend um i went to a diner with some friends of mine and our friend the friend who actually drove in the car i was with we all sort of walked into uh the lobby of this diner which shall remain nameless (laughs) and the greeter said oh okay um you're looking for a table how many how many are in the party and my friend said seven and um, she just she sort of counted, said, oh, there's going to be seven of us. And I think maybe a couple of people were not yet in the door or something. 
And then the greeter looked at me and said, oh, so are you with this group? And we were kind of like all looking around like, um, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and and um, then she walked away and was looking for the table and stuff. And people, we were just sort of like, so what, why did this? And they were just, they were like really upset because it was like, there were, I was the only person of color. I was not at the end of the line in some way that made me look like I wasn't with this group of people in any way, <laughs> <sighs> you know? And it was sort of, yeah, it was, it was, it was exasperating and it was, I think everybody was like embarrassed and they were kind of like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, not, it's not shocking at all, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, but they were like, how do we all feel about staying here? Do you want to, how do you feel Robin? And, and, you know, and I'm like, you know, it, it, it's not the policy of the place. It was this, this person being stupid. Stupid. Yeah. That's a yeah. good word for it. And, you know, it was, it was frustrating. And I was talking about another case when I was with my partner at the time and he was getting he was buying some he was getting some milk for coffee and and uh, this was at a grocery store and the woman said to me oh well you play you play lotto over there what? and I was like excuse me oh she assumed that you were coming in to play lotto she assumed that not only was I not with my boyfriend but I was only there to play lotto for some bizarro reason and I was just like <laughs> are you kidding me you know like I was actually really livid at that at that experience well yeah, that's ridiculous. It was ridiculous, you know, but this was this was stupid and it made me feel like, well, I think she realized her mistake a after it came out of her mouth and maybe she'll think next time. Um, I don't know that that's true, but I hope that that's true. I definitely know that the lotto woman real like she felt like an asshole. <laughs> well, she should feel like an asshole. <laughs> it was like, Holy do, you think, yeah. do you think this is kind of a South Jersey thing or is this everywhere? Uh, it's the, 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 the diner wasn't in South Jersey actually. Well, yeah. maybe technically, I don't know. I, well, I'd that to... was an assumption that it was happening in South Jersey. That's an assumption. Yeah. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah. no, I mean, believe me, things like this have happened everywhere. I, I go really where it's, majority white it can happen you know um so i don't know what the takeaway from it is except that i think I, well i think it's an example of how racism works because i think a lot of people think well it's only racism if someone is telling you that they are from the master race and you're not or something like that you know or extreme or right or doing something violent or whatever but i think it, it's an everyday thing it's in the fabric of how we live and so you know and I know I've made assumptions that embarrassed me just about how someone was dressed or how or how someone looked and I thought oh my god why did I assume that person was x or whatever you know I mean I think it can happen but it especially happens in this kind of situation and I just I don't know I think the more people realize how it works in practice and in the day-to-day -day like that the more we can start to dismantle it and call it out when it happens. Um, mm. Yeah, it was. And, yeah. I, and I guess, I guess I'm sort of. Well, I don't know. I I'm kind of dying to know the name of the diner, but I understand why you don't want to do that. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, but not on not on on not live on no. uh, not on the. I air. don't want to advertise for them or or non advertise for them because I don't think it was yeah. the diner's fault. But it was this person who has an assumption of what a group of friends looks like and I didn't I didn't belong in her mind so in other news we uh, are having some outbreaks of diseases that should have been eradicated by now like <laughs> in this country like yes there's pox. a measles outbreak in New Jersey and there's a chickenpox outbreak in North Carolina mm. um and uh, and actually, both of these are in areas where I guess people are using religion as an excuse not to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I am not sure what it is in the Hasidic Jewish community that that's anti-vax because that's kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. But that's where the that's where the measles outbreak is. It's in Lakewood, New Jersey, and apparently it's from somebody from Israel was carrying it, and um, mm. and it's not like. That that community's having a lot of issues now, and this isn't going to help. Yeah. I've had uh, students, um, you know, I, I have mentioned before that I teach public speaking to college students, and I've had students um, give give a speech on anti-vax that she, and somehow she, she, her major thing was that the vaccines cause autism so she's using and the, the discredited is, wakefield study yes yes that's the thing is that once these things once these lies get out there it's very hard to to rein them in you know she's she's finding this discredited stuff and still believing it so it's difficult now, how do you deal with that in a classroom setting? Do you tell her, you know, your your evidence is Science. not based in? Yeah, I said. Reality. Did you check? Did you check the credentials of this person that wrote? And it, did you check the date? Because you have to use the most recent studies, not. And and also the fact that this person uh, has no credentials in this field, you know that that it's not a good source. Oh, I had one girl though. She did. She did gun control, and her source was Infowars. Oh uh, I had to explain to her how this is not this. Just because you find it online doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but um, I, yeah, but this is the the, the anti-vax stuff is really concerning to me. Yeah. And. Um, so you think that in in these cases, this, these are both religious? Well, I remember reading, well, this one, uh, I'm looking at an article about the chickenpox break outbreak. It's students at Asheville Waldorf School, um, and it's the school has one of the state's highest rates of religious exemptions, and that's the mm. North Carolina school. Uh, it says, out of the Waldorf schools, 152 students, 110 have not received the vaccine for the varicella virus, known to the most as chickenpox. And 67.9% um, of the school's kindergarten students had a religious immunization exemptions on file for this current school year. Oh my gosh, they shouldn't have No, it's a private that. school. It's a Waldorf. But yeah, it, I I remember you know in public schools you have to you have to have your vaccinations and um, and I don't know that they give you religious exemptions here in New Jersey um, I don't know but uh, I think the Lakewood outbreak of um, of measles it's you know that seems to be spreading through the Hasidic community. Um, and they also have a separate private school where all their kids are going. Although I think the measles stuff is, is kind of happening with adults. Um, and chicken pox, I remember, yeah, the chicken pox is my earliest memory. Uh, I, I was like three, mm -hmm. um, I think. And I was gonna say I had it when I was about eight and it's, and it's really disheartening to think, cause it would seem like one of those things that you know, I remember my grandmother talking about diseases that we didn't get as kids, mm -hmm. you know, and I was thinking that chickenpox is one of those that kids now wouldn't be, they kind of don't have Well, anymore. I mean, that's but not it's, like it's, measles. Okay. When you get measles, though, measles will, will, um, I mean, chickenpox has, I mean, the, the sucky side effects of chickenpox is if you get uh, shingles as an adult, it's very painful and it, mm -hmm. you know, it recurs because it's that kind of a virus. Um, and apparently, even if I had chickenpox, which I had as a child, I am now no longer uh, immune, apparently. So I need to get a new vaccine. I need to get a shingles vaccine. Immune to chickenpox? Yeah, pox? I need to get... Or just well, shingles, shingles is chickenpox. It's the same, it's the same okay. virus. Um, 
but everybody's telling me, you know, even my doctor, when I asked him about it, uh, was telling me that, yeah, now that I'm 60, it's like kind of a long time ago that, and that, and that the immunization is kind of worn off. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know so that. I need a, I need to go to the, um, to the drugstore and have them shoot me up. Oh, now that makes sense. My sister got shingles. Yeah. And she had had chicken box, and I was wondering how how she got it. Because if you're not exposed to it, uh, it wears off. I guess your your immunity just wears off because you're not your body says, "Oh, you don't need this," because it's been a oh. long time. But I had all of those things. They didn't have vaccines for any of that crap. But they, um, but I think they did maybe for measles. I don't know. But measles will sterilize you. If you know one of the side effects of measles is is you're no longer able to have kids. I think that's more of well, a well. That's not going to be a problem. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about for you. I'm talking about for these parents that are thinking they're protecting their kid. You know, like like autism is like this horrible, horrible thing that's worse than death, um, or these other things that can happen uh, with these diseases. So, and it's it's really sad to to see that. Um, that people are still believing this discredited study. Yeah, and I was going to say that I think it's somehow in my mind it's easier to argue against the news, quote unquote, uh, news outlets that are just spreading untruths. But I think it's harder to uh, to argue against religion. But then again, maybe people who are believing Infowars, it might be a similar kind of a thing, <laughs> you know, where it's 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 an intense kind of attachment to those beliefs I don't know but um but that's a that's something that I would hope that people can learn their way out of yeah you know and I think teachers like you Mary that's a really good thing that you kind of allow someone to speak their you know give their presentation but then also tell them you know this is not this is not really a valid this is where you went wrong yeah Yeah, Uh, maybe you need to add a unit at the beginning about reliable sources versus bullshit um, I do have okay. that, but some of them just don't listen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hi, this is Robin. Um, I just wanted to say, if you have given us a review recently on iTunes, we thank you very much. It's really nice to see some... Uh, see some great reviews popping up there and we just would love it to uh, have others of you if you're listening and you're liking this show please help us uh, continue to talk about progressive stuff um, politics and culture and all the things that we kind of deal with in our progressive communities um, if you would like to leave us a review, you can do it on iTunes, especially Facebook, um, anywhere where you get your podcasts. We would love your positive feedback. I guess in this in this interregnum between Thanksgiving and the new year uh we're just gonna talk about some stuff <laughs> and <laughs> and one of the things I, I that i think we want to talk about today is uh is we want to bust some myths that have come about from stereotyping various uh, groups of people that's kind of it right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and some of those stereotypes are exceedingly ridiculous. Yes. So we wanted to talk about some of those. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I can start because the first one on the list uh, is uh, that Jews have horns. We do not. <laughs> there, <laughs> I busted the myth. Off. I busted the myth. We don't have horns. We look just like everybody else. We're humans. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to go like go into uh, Shylock's... Uh, soliloquy hath not a jew blood um anyway if you cut us do we not bleed um now I, I, there have been reports of people who are not jewish coming up to jewish people and asking where our horns are 
Um, and it actually happened to me once. It was really, really weird. It, and it, the person was serious? Yeah, it was just a very, it was a very surreal experience. Um, and I and I remember also my student rabbi when he was, um, when I was in, in confirmation class when I was in high school, he would, he would told us about this time in Arizona where people would, you know, ask him about his horns. And I thought that was, you know, really weird and on kind of unbelievable and then and then i i really forget where i was but uh, you know somebody talked to me and they say yeah yeah you guys have horns and it's like no we that don't is, so bizarre to me. Is, is this like a you're like the devil or something where does that come from i don't i, I have never... i don't know i don't know where it comes from but i know uh there's a famous statue of moses where he's got horns and and everybody's saying oh no that's like the, and, and i think it's like a like a, a michelangelo sculpture it's like a fame you know like it's a big deal sculpture and everybody's saying no 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 it's not horns it's the light of god entering his brain he's saying no those are fucking horns oh my god it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, been it's, it's a been michelangelo a, it is okay mm. yeah that is a weird one. So and he that, gets that points actually off. not only busted a myth, but it like introduced and busted a myth to me because I, I did not grow up ever hearing that or anything. That's just yeah. well, that's weird. good. It's <laughs> you know I I don't know why they 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 say that. I mean it could be it could be you know one of these rumors that started you know hundreds of years ago that people just oh yeah they, sure medieval times probably yeah. It just makes no sense. Yeah. So, what other myths do we uh, need to bust? I have I have a couple of um, beach and pool related things <laughs> to talk about. Um, black people can indeed get darker in the sun. Which, and you guys can swim too, right? And I can yes, and I can swim. Believe, oh. it, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> You know, but that's that is actually one of the most just weirdest ones that and happens not not every summer, but most summers I can remember someone like looking at me and like saying like if I was using sunscreen or something, and they're like, "Oh, can you can you get a tan?" <laughs> and I'm or like, can you, you get, get sunburn? Yeah, or can, can you, you get, get sunburn or whatever? And I'm like, oh, you know, my skin functions like other people's I have more melanin than you perhaps but absolutely you know and I love my summer complexion I really do like I, I and I'm kind of sad when it fades in the in the winter or whatever but you know but I think it happens if if I'm using sunscreen it'll happen if I'm um I don't know if someone sees a line from a bathing suit strap or so, I mean there's some you know people are actually kind of shocked and amazed that <laughs> And uh, just so people know, yes, I yes, my skin does get dark in the sun. So there you go. <laughs> well, I didn't use to sunburn when I was a little kid. I kind of missed those days. Uh, oh, but, but now I you would, do get sunburn. Well, yeah, I think because spending, you know, 30, 40 years inside an office all summer long kind of <laughs> turned me into this translucent skin person that, yeah, I've actually experienced sunburns in the last 10 years mm. uh, and they're not fun no, they're not but I, fun. when I was a kid I would just get very brown and 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 uh, you know that was back in the 60s when it was like everybody wanted to be very tan before I guess they knew about skin cancer I <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah I I missed the days of not being able to be sunburned <laughs> so now I just don't go outside <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's probably better for you anyway. Yeah, probably. What other myth? Well, here's hmm? here's a myth. Here's a myth I wanna I wanna bust. And the myth is that all women wanna have kids. Thank hmm. you. <laughs> Good. Thank you for um, busting that myth. Yep. Yeah, I, and I, I and that myth I think. Um, gives a lot of women a lot of trouble I, I think it's i think it's you know young women who definitely know they don't want to have kids they're not believed 
which is annoying just in its in and of itself. And then it also makes it a lot harder for them to uh, to get the specific reproductive services that they want. Um, I remember this one girl um, who was 18, and she and she had she knew that she would never want to have kids, and and she wanted to be sterilized, and uh, and she couldn't get it done mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, they're convinced that you'll change your mind or you'll regret it or whatever. And uh-huh. You know, I mean, I could imagine a doctor having that dad. conversation to to really be sure that the person is certain and it's not a whim and it's not, you know, I mean, I, I think it's probably due diligence to visit that with them. But then if they're if they're telling you but they're just flat sure, out but flat out refusing. No, that's that's you that's know, awful. it's yeah. You know, and I, and I think that I definitely ran into it, the idea of like, if you don't have children, then you're, it's a regretful thing, you know? Yeah. Or that yeah. Your life is not complete without children. Exactly. You know, and I have people asking me like, you know, oh, oh why did, why don't you have kids? And I'm like, it's just, it's just not, that was just not on my life plan, you know? Not on your to-do list. <laughs> right. Not on know? my to-do list. Yeah. You know. Plus, yeah, plus kids it, are a lot of work. You need to have somebody, you know, you need to have a partner who will help. Well, they'll see. I, I you don't that. necessarily have to, but you need to have, well, it's really difficult to do on your yeah, own. Yeah, it's just and, uh, Because I do know uh, people who have consciously chosen to have, to be single parents and, and they're very intentional and very, you know, so that's a person who really wants a baby and wants to have that connection. And I think that's awesome. It's just, it's just not me, you know, and, and I've gone through some emotional stuff around that. Like, am, am I a mutant of some type, you know, because that really, that is in our culture that maybe something's it wrong is. with and, you if and, you're not doing this thing or you're just selfish or there's a lot of stuff. Um, and especially for my friends who are child free and, uh, and, and a lot of them are intentionally child free. Some of them are because of circumstance, but and it, it's like, and it, I don't think men get this kind of crap foisted on them, you know. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's like when you go to family gatherings, it's like, so when are you gonna have kids? Blah blah blah. It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what though? Asking that question is kind of personal. Well, yeah, and people and people it think is. that it's yeah. it's fine to ask that. And that is, I, and I, I have a problem with that. It's like, I guess if it's a family member, even if it's like not like a parent, even what if, what if they're at the person they're asking is somebody who's been trying and trying and they just can't exactly uh, get you know like they're not fertile exactly. or but, something. It, it, but it's heartbreaking. But it's that, a lot of times it's rude. family that's asking. You know, it's you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well, rude family exactly it's an invasive personal question <laughs> and it's you know it's not really their business i am like i i mean i can maybe see if like you had a elderly you know a rich uncle who's like well i'm trying to figure out who i'm leaving my money to are you planning to have children you know it's like maybe that would be an acceptable mm-hmm. time to ask that i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the thing that's really difficult or bad about this myth is the fact that people who don't have children, then they walk around, like you said, Robin, thinking, is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of, of times thinking, I, I, I've spent time thinking about if I'm not having children, then what is my purpose in in life or something? Like, because we're, we kind of are socialized to think that that's, an essential thing, you know, so if you're not doing that essential, you know, societal function, then do I have worth or what What am I doing? And it's strange because I really am on a very different life path. And so the fact that that still has cropped up for me is kind of, uh, I guess it's indicative of how much it's, it's in the It's in our culture in the air, and I, and you know. it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's something that needs to change because there's too many people on the planet. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, I, and I think a lot of, and I honestly think there's a subtext in, in some of it 
which which has which has a, a racist overtone because I know I know there's groups that are terrified of white people losing the majority status in this country. You know, oh, like yeah. they're they're the white people they're being well, they outbred, well about you know, that. or some shit. And and that and that's bullshit. I I kind of it's there's an XKCD cartoon. Um, XKCD is an online comic strip. Uh, for them. those of you yeah, that may not great. know, that I used to read regularly and haven't, you know, since I got laid off my full time job and I'm not in an office with time on my hands to go surf the internet randomly. Um, so I haven't been keeping up. Uh, <laughs> but I just think it's funny that when when you were working, you had I did. more time. It, I yeah, because you're stuck in the office with nothing to do, and you got to just sit there here at home. I always have so something to do. Um, but uh, there was a, a a comic. It was a it was a a drawing of the back of somebody of two different cars, and one of them had the little stick figure family of the the mom and the dad and the three kids. Um, and then the other car was like a man and a woman and then all these bags of money. <laughs> so when I, when I think about people that haven't had children, that, that little picture plays in my head. Because um, <laughs> like kids are really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. What other myths do we have that we need to bust? Um... Irish people are all drunk. That's that's. Although I don't know if I could really <laughs> bust that myth. Well, you're not but, a drunk. But my grandma, right? My my grandmother and my grandmother was a temperance lady who used to go and bust up uh, stills and things during the temperance uh, thing. I I don't well. know. But I, I think that it's not so much, I think it's, there's kind of a cultural thing going on there as opposed to that it's, that it's a DNA thing. I don't know that, that the Irish have more of a, a drinking issue as a people than any other particular nationality. Mm, I yeah. was, there's just a holiday that, um. Tends to exemplify it more than others, but I think well, that's, I, that's only know. America, and that and that if right. people are using it as an excuse, and it's not just Irish people that get drunk on St. Patrick's Day. This is true. <laughs> yeah, everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so I have one that's really important to me. Um, there is a myth that poly people don't love. That's a or that, that's a terrible myth. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that we don't love powerfully, or that we don't love as much as monogamous people do, or that it's a, a kind of shallow in their relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and that one hurts me a lot. You know, I've uh, and I've it's happened with um, people I've been involved with, where even though I was expressing how I felt about the person. Um, in the end, they didn't really hear it, and were kind of like, "Oh, well, you'll just find somebody else," or you know, it does, it doesn't matter because you can always find someone else. Oh, well, that just made it uh, easier for that person. Maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, that sounds but like bullshit. I mean, like you could say that of any relationship. You could right. you could be flippant and say, "Oh, you'll just find somebody else." Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, it, but that's but I think it happens particularly with poly folks because I think there's the idea that love and sexual monogamy and and um, emotional monogamy, all of those things are the paramount way to be. Wow. And if or it's like a, pie, a piece of pie or something. And if you're right, if you actually, you know, so if someone else has a slice of pie, then I don't have everything. And therefore, you don't really love me or whatever. But uh, and it's also from people outside of a relationship too who just see the um, the superficial, they see this, different ways yeah. that it can be. Yeah. And just assume that, oh, well, that can't be love because there's openness. And it's that's just so not correct <laughs> yeah i i totally get that it's yeah love isn't pie <laughs> yeah and you know and for someone like me um love and 
being able to express fully and to feel and to and to talk about my feelings and my past relationships and maybe a current love with someone who I'm in love with and I'm, I'm partnered with is paramount to what love is. It's like my full expression of love. So to be in a sense, in an experience where like I'm being forced to not be myself or, or that, or that is somehow qualified. That's actually not full love to me, mm. you know, it's, I mean, and some people are different. I mean, some people are a lot more flexible in their expression. And so, and so am I, I mean, obviously there have been many times when I've been sort of de facto monogamous because I'm not someone who needs to be with 10 people all the time or something like that. And that's fine if you are like that. It's just this not how I, how I tend to be mm-hmm. in my world. But, um, but having the ability to discern for myself and, and understand and express love as it is, is what's important. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I don't understand how people can, can think that, that a monogamous relationship, like, that love is just this little finite thing that is reserved just for your partner because and bringing it bringing in like kids into the into the into the equation you love your children or at least it's in the best possible world that you love your children and you know that's and and from what people say it's like when there's another entity to love there's like just more love you know, mm-hmm. having more people, it kind of makes love expand rather than just slicing up this finite resource. Yes, and that's how that that feels to me very much, though. You know, yeah. and um, so I'm hoping that people start to understand that, and that it's it's va- absolutely valid to f- create your families and your solo life or your partnerships or whatever you create. Um, that that you create that from your own integrity and the integrity of your, the people that you're with, you know, as opposed to an idea of of a, you know, the dominant paradigm. So, yeah. Hmm. Are there there any other myths? There are like what, like what, like women can't be funny. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's true. That's a, that's true. I mean, I I can murder a joke like, like you can't believe, but, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you know women, as a as a whole group of people, can't be funny. There's you know that that's that's a myth that has that is being busted every day. Yeah, I yeah I think that's being busted, and that that was something I brought up earlier before we started recording. Is that. Back in the 70s, when I was pursuing a career in uh, as an actor, um, I am a particularly funny person, and I am a very appreciative of comedy, and I study comedy and everything, but I would always get uh, turned down for um, trying out for things that were, where it was a comic part, because I was always told, well, you're, you're beautiful, Mary. You should just be beautiful. Beautiful can't be funny. <laughs> They, they they don't mix. Well, that's not true, but you know. Well, now now I'm so glad that we have people like Julia Louis Dreyfus who are both beautiful and funny to break that myth. But that that was like it's the idea that women get typecast and any kind of beautiful person. A beautiful person can't also be smart. Yeah, that, that's another thing too. Mm-hmm. I have a question about the funny thing, though, because I yeah. mean, I I can think of, be, you know, traditionally beautiful actresses or actors who have been cast in comedies, but were they? Do you think it's more like, um, we we like you in a role of just being sort of placidly attractive and yeah. like wallpaper, or is, I, that, or is yeah. there something about like women can't have the authority to? tell a joke or to poke fun at something or to it's both yeah it's, it's both, both First, but but i think it's also it just makes it easier for them to figure out the powers that be at that time when they were writing a, a movie script or something they would have everybody is boiled down into little stereotypes 
Mm. And and there's the, the funny people were the men, and there was just a pretty girl in the background. Mm. So. Or they were playing the straight man. Yeah, or they were the one that they made the joke on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They were the punchline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is kind of a... Uh, Some Like It Hot, I think, is a good example of that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Because Marilyn Monroe was really just there, and and uh, Jack Lemon and and who else was Tony Curtis? Tony Curtis. They were hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Joey That's... Brown. Yeah. 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 All of the jokes were the guys, and she was there for eye candy. Yeah. She did have some funny moments, though. Yeah, but, but... she. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it's a comedy. You have to and, really look, but. Yeah, but I mean, she wasn't really. That she wasn't. That was really not the, her role in the thing. Uh, this is a stereotype that, um, it's it's expression is I I find I think it's funny, um, but it's not funny. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the buy now gay later stereotype, <laughs> right? That all bi people are just gay people that haven't made up their minds yet. Right. Or we're confused and we don't actually, we really don't actually exist. We're just, you know, hiding into the weird gay or lesbian. Oh, okay. So, so bi people are really just gay people that haven't decided that they're gay. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, so. We're procrastinating. Really? I have been procrastinating a long fucking time in that case. You know, no, I think it's, yeah, that's a, a really irritating one. And it kind of never goes away. It just comes back in different forms sometimes. But, you know, I'm really hopeful with the millennial and Gen Z folks that just aren't even, you know, they're really more okay with like a nebulous identity or, or fluid identity. Um, and I'm hoping that that stays around. And so that being bi or pan or, non-binary gender or whatever is just fine you know because it it is really frustrating to have someone to say you know get off the fence (laughs) yeah we really also i really want to have somebody on the show who identifies as pan because i really want to understand if there is a difference between bi and pan and what that difference is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes that will be a future show for sure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but interesting but we exist, and uh, we're real, and it's not always a way station to something else. So, <laughs> you know, and it's okay when it is. You know, I'm, there are gay people who identified as gay all their life and realized they're bi. You know, and that happens too. So, yeah. that's mm-hmm. yes. And Freddie Mercury was bi. I just want to throw that out there because I know the movie kind of doesn't say that. Yes, thank you. So. <laughs> yes, we claim Freddie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And let's see, there's, um, what other sort of uh, myths are there that need busting? Well, there's a there's a myth of manliness that we should uh, <laughs> okay. approach, I think. Um, yeah, uh, having a, a gigantic penis is not always an asset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> you know, it's. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's, you have to have people who. Sometimes it's ouch. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's ouch. Well, yeah, that. For me, too much is too much, you know, but you know, it's different for everybody. <laughs> it is. It is different for everybody. What was it? I, I When I was reading the uh, English translation of the Kama Sutra many years ago, because um, I think the person that owned the book took it back eventually. <laughs> kept trying to steal it from her um i should just get my own copy i guess um that they expressed there were three types of men and three types of women and it had to do with the size of their bits (laughs) i don't know why i'm suddenly so scared of saying the words vagina and penis um and i remembered I'm trying to remember the names. I know, like, the women, I think, were, um, like, rabbit, cow, and elephant, perhaps. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and and men had similar 
<laughs> and it and it's well you didn't want to you didn't want to to mix mix a Mismatch. rabbit with an elephant because there's going to be pain involved if you know <laughs> um <it's, laughs> but yeah i i i've um i have been with men who were very well endowed and and sadly they thought that the size of their member meant that they didn't need to learn any other skills oh uh, yeah that's just problem this is like no that's not enough <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> and that's not a myth. no that's not a <laughs> but you know and i also want to say that i also had an experience where um smaller than average was not necessarily a bad thing you know it's that maybe it's more um, effective in other yeah. areas or, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But uh, it's like, actually, I, there's a there's a Jackson Brown quote that I liked. Um, which he, said, <laughs> he said, there's no such thing as a bad guitar. It's just you just have to find out what that guitar is good for. <laughs> <laughs> and I think maybe that applies. Yeah. I think so, I, and I and I also I also want to encourage um, all of the guys who aren't you know elephant hung that you know that's that's fine. Absolutely, There's no we're all <laughs> bodies are good, and you know. But you know fine. what? I want to warn people not to uh, start sending us pictures. Oh God, no! We we don't yes, want to no know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a solicitation. Yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of uh big dicks i i do i do want to this is sort of off topic but there was um a news item recently about this masculine toilet that our current <laughs> attorney general used to tout in his previous job uh, <laughs> um and it was uh it was i guess a new toilet design masculine it's called the masculine toilet and it's it's uh, designed so the overly endowed man will keep all of his genitals out of the water. Uh, when he sits. And, and uh, <laughs> when they sit down to poop, <laughs> I guess. Because if you're that manly, you don't sit down to pee. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm just making assumptions here. I don't know. But, um, but it sounds like it could be a real problem. It, I it, I don't know if it's a real problem. I know I know that, um, for and the reason I guess I'm bringing this up is is I need to share you share with with our listeners my personal nightmare um, of when I when I inadvertently walked in on my 91 year old father sitting on the toilet. And I saw his his uh, scrotum in the water of the toilet. Ooh. This is a vision that I will haunt me till the end of my life. Um, I understand. I can understand that men are going to have a sagging problem with their scrotums as women do with their breasts, and that having some more distance between where you sit on the toilet and the water level is important, but instead of installing an entire toilet you can always put a seat a seat there's they make seats that are taller for you to just put on a regular toilet see yeah that's like the simpler yeah <laughs> i just think that's an easier thing to do than just getting a whole new toilet than that well i have to say wendy you i i have learned something today because i was like everyone else is like laughing at the masculine toilet as the most absurd idea and there's a there apparently is a grain of reality to it so yeah I, I mean i'm glad to actually think about that a little bit yeah okay it's funny but you know yeah but i have to say it was very funny hearing rachel maddow talk about it <laughs> well it's <laughs> because she just she just really didn't want to explain it in certain things she didn't want to say she's very kind of a humorously prudish and probably uh, yeah. 100 and not that I want to assume but seeming about 110% lesbian so like, <laughs> some of the things were like yeah I don't really want to say this <laughs> but it was very funny yeah, yeah. but it's it it's uh and I, and I my original when I first saw the the thing about it on what I was I don't remember what I was watching it could have been the today the, you know Colbert um and 
my first thought wasn't that like there's a guy with a penis long enough that it's going to get in the water it you know especially if it's not uh full of blood um (laughs) and but i knew just from my experience with my dad i knew that there were other parts of their genitalia that could very easily be in the water and that then it, it made sense from that perspective but i guess I guess for for advertising purposes, this is the masculine toilet for when your nutsack's really hanging. You know, that's that that's not going to be a, no, a good that's selling not point. I, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a euphemism for that called steeping the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. Oh my god. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. but yeah i wouldn't want any part of me being in the toilet water either so i understand the issue <laughs> uh, well thank you for busting the myth that the masculine toilet is completely useless <laughs> even though the the booster seat might be the better yeah you know the more practical <laughs> thank you for tuning into this episode of Mythbusters. <laughs> I'm Robin Renee. You can find my music all around the web and you can check me out at my website robinrenee.com and uh, there you can find out where to reach me through all of my various social media outlets. Uh, I wanted to tell you that Quest of Life Media and Broadcast, a nonprofit LGBT singer-songwriter support services organization, has just announced their first release and it's called Holiday 2018 Pride. The compilation features holiday classics and original songs by 14 LGBT artists, including Freddie Freeman, Noreen Brown, Namalie Brennett, Jay Spears, and I am very happy to say that my celebratory slash parody song, Hare Krishna Christmas, is in the mix. Holiday 2018 Pride will be available beginning on Monday, November 19th, so head over to questoflife.org. And you can get your copy there and support LGBT artists. And um, you might find a new favorite for your holiday music library. And I also want to give a big shout out to International Pagan Radio, which is a place where you can tune in to hear a wide range of music and programming by pagan artists. And a very big thanks to those who have been voting for my song. Um, the other end of the other end of the line has reached the IPR top 20 hottest hits. It uh, came in at number 14 in October. And my tune, I'm Coming Down, spent a lot of time in their top 20 last year and it uh, went all the way to number one. So thank you so much for that. And anybody who wants to check it out, head over to internationalpaganradio.com anytime and you can listen there and you can vote for your favorites. Thanks. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies. Spiral-bound to lay flat when open. Printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. Mercury's in retrograde. What does that mean?
Hmm. It means things get screwed up. It means the planet Mercury is going backwards across the sky like uh, in relationship to Earth. Like it, like it goes back in its orbit. It basically means that the planet is on the other side of the sun from us. So it okay. looks like it's going in the other direction as opposed to its normal, um, its normal path. Mm-hmm. All of the mm-hmm. planets go retrograde at some point in their orbits. Uh, it, with relation to Earth, because, you know, Earth is going around the sun and the other planets are going around the sun at different times. Right, right, different uh, speeds. Right. So okay. uh, so astrologically, when Mercury is in retrograde, the planet Mercury is supposed to uh, rule over uh, communication and technology. Um, and... It's the ruler of the third house, which is communicating with people and some other stuff that I don't remember now. And uh, when it's retrograde, that means that there's trouble with communications and technology. And, mm-hmm. um, and while I know astrology is kind of a woo subject, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I guess is going to be a topic of another show, um, that there's been, you know, anecdotal evidence, uh, at least in my life, that kind of made me pay more attention to it. Uh, I will never forget being at the Birch Hill. Um, I think we, my, my band had like a showcase there, and there were five bands that day, and every single band on this Mercury retrograde day had something just shitty happen with some of their equipment. It's like, I I think I blew an amp and my guitar player broke two strings during the set, which was like unprecedented. Usually (laughs) sometimes he'll break one string, but this was like, he broke two strings. Um, And then uh, the next band their their amp didn't work. And then the band after that, there was a problem with the sound system. It was like nobody had a good day that day. Mm. Um, And then I would notice sometimes that there seems to be more traffic accidents and and weird traffic stuff happening during a Mercury retrograde. Um, But that I'm I'm seeing I'm not seeing that as much now. Um, I'm becoming more skeptical as I get older. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I find it an interesting um, speaking of myths. (laughs) Kind of an interesting thing to think about, and I definitely have, um, like, I made up a little Mercury uh, retrograde rhyme to say. It just as it's like a goofy Lucky Charm kind of thing. Okay. (laughs) So that you know things don't go bad, and it's just it's just I take it as it's very funny, you know. Um, So I can't say that I don't have a little bit of investment in being aware of that, but I also don't really. I don't. I don't live my life by astrology in any way, really. You know what I mean. I find it kind of. Uh, I find it entertaining and interesting at times, but. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's like it's almost like anything else. Like if there's a practice, that feels, beneficial to you to do around a certain topic or a time of year, I think that's cool. Um, so I guess that's how I think about Mercury retrograde. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my daughter was born during Mercury retrograde. Mm. which for me was I was kind of nervous Mm. Um, however interestingly enough um, I did note that when she was very young like in her infancy you know like her first couple of years um, and maybe even later than that it's definitely during her first couple of years she would she would make these huge uh, jumps in her um uh, development. Uh, d- thank you. Her developmental abilities during Mercury retrogrades, hmm. because she was born during a Mercury retrograde. So that's kind of it's not bad luck for her. Oh, so it's like <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the opposite. I just thought that was I was I was kind of interest. It was interesting for me to note that, um, you know, when she was growing up. Hmm. So. You know, but yeah, it's all woo. Like I said, I'm getting more skeptical as I as I'm getting into my crotchety years, mm-hmm. and 
so I, you know, but I am aware of it. And I think, um, you know, I, I was experiencing a whole lot more computer issues during the pre pre Mercury retrograde shadow period, um, which I usually try to ignore because that just makes it too depressing because it's, if you're really woo into this stuff, um, like the three weeks before the Mercury retrograde and the three weeks after the Mercury retrograde are also kind of scary times. They call it the shadow time because the planet is where it was before. It had been there already. Mm, okay. <laughs> so so nah, it's, um, it's just one of those one of those things to make you even more nervous. Um, but in this in this particular retrograde, it's in Sagittarius and Scorpio, uh, which Sagittarius is my birth sign. Um, and it's, I guess it's what's going to make me even more um, uh, tactless <laughs> than I normally am. That's kind of, that was what I was reading. So um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you though, um, Wendy, because I, I know that you plan for like when we when we record this as opposed to when it plays, um, uh, and we're right now recording it. We know it's going to play next week. When did does the retrograde period start? On what date? Oh, it started already. Oh, it started. started a, well, yeah, it's okay. it, it started. It's somewhere in mid-November, and it's going to be retrograde until December 6th. Okay, so that means, because when we're recording this, it's just before Thanksgiving, uh, that Black Friday is going to be in the midst of Mercury retrograde and Cyber yeah. Monday. Oh, yeah. great, great. <laughs> well, I mean, it's already, you know, I, I was at, uh, this is the day, it's Tuesday before Thanksgiving today, and uh, when we recorded, and... And I was at Costco this morning, and I was also at Costco yesterday, and the parking lot, even at 10.15 in the morning, was full. So, yeah, stuff. And, I, and I've and i actually noticed that uh, this year they seem to be doing their Black Friday stuff all week. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And I'm rising the sales. That's, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm hoping it's going it, to, maybe they're, it, yes, it's to maximize the sales, but it's also hopefully to get, fewer people on the one day know, rushing the stores on Friday. Right, that's true. If you can avoid the like trampling, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, like like the riot, like not having a riot in the store <laughs> would be good. You know, it's a good thing. So increasing the time where these crazy sales are for more than one day, I think uh, is probably better for everybody. If it helps you to calm yourself in the face of Mercury, retrograde to sort of pay attention to it or do something I think that's I think that's fine I have a seal of mercury that uh, our our friend Anthony gave to me so oh many of us have that and oh and I do have uh, I'll have to uh, recharge I have some earrings that are orange earrings that orange and red earrings that are my mercury earrings I'm gonna have to wear them (laughs) nice Yes, orange is Mercury's color. Uh, I remember getting um, a Mercury candle from our prior coven to burn during retrogrades to right. uh, mitigate mitigate the the negative mitigate effects. Mitigate the mayhem. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of wood. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Leftscape podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday. Wednesday.